Where the fuck is it gonna go from here? I don't know because I didn't think didn't like it went pretty far on this recent episode. Well, because he broke his own rules by going yeah. back to age like having it be a six year old instead yeah. of the. It's, it's so trend, fucked up. Like I'd been away for nine years. <laughs> He's gone for like six weeks or something. Oh, so fucking nuts. Um, but this is not a podcast about Nathan Fielder's show, The Rehearsal. This is a podcast called The Criterion Quest, a continuing podcast series looking at important films and contemporary classics. My name is Chris, and I am joined this week by my wonderful guest, Toby. Hello, welcome. And it is myth time again. Woohoo! <laughs> For any new listeners out there, uh, MIF is the Melbourne International Film Festival. It's an in-person MIF this time. Yes, well, that's what makes this one so exciting. So every every year when the Melbourne Film Festival rolls around, we kind of pause doing the Criterion films, and because I'm doing nothing but sitting at the cinema for three <laughs> weeks, <laughs> and so we uh, take a little time to chat about some of the stuff we're watching there. But as Toby just said, it is the first time MIF has been in person since 2019. It wasn't in person last year, was it? No, it was not. It got cancelled a week before it was supposed to start. That's right. Um, I remember remember watching the the launch online and... Because we had all, all our tickets, like, we yeah, were going to go and see a net. I didn't, and, like, see, all this, anything, I didn't yeah. see anything last year. Because mm. it all, like, they moved online, and then they, because of moving online, they lost all the stuff. It was it was a bummer. Yeah, it was. But at least it's the 70th year this year, and it's finally back. Yeah, and, I mean, it was funny, the film in the q and I was at last night, the um, the director said uh, he is not. he's actually not missed an in-person myth, because the last time he was down for it, one of his films was 2019. <laughs> and it was a film that both you and I saw, actually. What was it? It was Memory, The Origin of Alien. Oh, that was shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind that film. It's just, I think it wasn't quite what you were expecting it to be. Well, no, I wasn't expecting it to be anything, but I've seen better alien documentaries on YouTube. <laughs> Fair enough. Because right. okay, is he an Australian? No. Oh. No, no, no. Okay. I believe he's uh, Swiss-American. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, well, basically what we're going to do now is quickly breeze through. Uh, we're about five days into the festival at this point. And I've seen one movie. Because what normally happens at Myth is you inevitably get sick because you get burnt out. Yeah, well, it's, I'm burnt out from, like, work and mm. other stuff and painting. Oh, it wasn't me you in particular. I mean, uh, yeah, everybody. I, I'm burnt out just in general because I've been doing too much. Mm. So Toby's only seen one film. He's yep. had to miss out on a couple already. Yep. Um, one of which you've missed out on. Uh, I would safely say that you would love the other one. I don't know, but we'll. What was that? Was that last night's one? Yeah, last night's one. I don't know, but so we'll quickly breeze through some of them. Um, I was lucky enough to go uh, to get a ticket to the opening night of the festival and got to see. Uh, the Australian film of an age. I've heard about that one. I loved it. And not just through, not just because of you either. Yeah. Um, why did you love it? Uh, it is a very Melbourne-based story, which I guess is why they um. Sorry, excuse Premi- me. Premiered it here in Melbourne. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say it's uh, directed, uh, written and directed by Goran Stolev- Stolevsky. Yeah. Uh, who obviously an uh, Australian 
uh, local Melbourne director. But obviously, obviously, obviously <laughs> like that. Uh, but yeah, just the synopsis on Letterboxd is set in the summer of 1999, as a 17-year-old Serbian-born Australian amateur ballroom dancer experiences an unexpected and intense 24-hour romance with a friend's older brother. Okay. And it is fantastic. It is uh, incredibly funny, uh, incredibly moving at the same time. You said because I, I talked to you about this the other night. You, um, you said the, it's loosely based on the director's life. I believe so. Yeah, it's like semi-autobiographical because he obviously, with the name Goran, yeah. he is a Serbian. Yeah, uh, living here in Australia and things. Um, all that comes from a Serbian family. Um, but yeah, it's the first act of the film until the romance element kicks in is hysterically funny and really well made. And especially if you grew up in Melbourne in 1999, like... Yeah, I remember that. Having, <laughs> like, being in that huge crowd and, like, the fact of, like, the, an old Telstra phone box. Yeah. And, like, someone having to pull out a Melways and, like, I'm on this street. Yeah, but there are fucking 12 of this street. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, the little recognitions of, like, people who were around and had to do that, it was great, kind of feeding off that energy. But it's super fucking funny. It's, like... Was it his first movie? Don't believe so. I'm, I'm not that familiar with his work, but I don't. I don't think it was his first film. Okay. But what did amaze me was the, when it opened, because you, you know, thinking Australian film, like it opened with the Focus Features logo. Oh, really? So Focus have obviously picked it up for international, which That's, is yeah. pretty great. Yeah, especially if it's so like Melbourne centric and like yeah, like unique it, to Melbourne. There's a lot of stuff about Watsonia but High. I, su I suppose like that story though would transcend like, yes. geography very much so it's it's like i don't mean to say like to draw a comparison i guess you could say there's similarities obviously between like something like call me by your name or I still more, haven't seen that or more more specifically moonlight i guess I in the sense yeah. of the first half of the film is 1999 and then it jumps ahead to 2010 is that what this one does yes yeah, okay. yeah so it's kind of Picking up on these characters like at multiple points, yeah, points in their in life, life. Yeah. yeah, as they cross paths and interact, kind of similar to Moonlight, where it's the three chapters of the life. Yeah, yeah. But um, the one thing I was telling Claire all about it, and um, she she takes umbrage with the fact of uh, like this big, like I was saying, like oh, it's really funny, like guy just like oh so were you openly gay in high school and he's like what openly gay at Watsonia High what are you fucking stupid <laughs> and Claire just immediately was like there's no Watsonia High. And I'm like, would you, would? And she's like, I would have gone there. There is no Watsonia High. And she's like, this film is bullshit. <laughs> she got very upset about that. She wasn't there, though, was she? No, no, yeah. she wasn't. Yet. No, she wasn't at the screening. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, it is one um, always fantastic to shout out an Australian film. Yeah, of course. Um, so if if anyone here is listening and attending the festival, please go. If you get a chance, go see Of an Age. It is really worthwhile or keep an eye out for it uh, if it's coming out later yeah, on yeah. in the I mean, year if it's focus it'll come out won't it that's my assumption yeah it, it's it's really really worth checking out so okay well that was your first movie then yeah the second <laughs> my second one was triangle of sadness by oh, Ruben right. Ostlin I fucking had to miss that because of bloody nephew's birthday I know right who wants to go to a two year old's birthday fucking hell I mean was there cake at least yeah but I don't eat cake uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to remember. Yeah. Why do I have to exactly. be? Exactly. He's not gonna, the only good thing that he's not making shit, permanent the memories. Only, the only good thing that little shit does is no. He knows how to cheers. That's it. That's pretty cute though. Yeah, it is. It's fucking adorable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, I'm not going to talk much about Triangle of Sadness. Um, it other like just yeah, <laughs> Fair enough, yeah because... kind of tough for me to chat about that one. Um, well, without spoiling it, without spoiling it, and then also like work related stuff. Oh, yeah, like yeah, I'm, I'm kind of keeping that one. Uh, but I, I will safe to say I really enjoyed this film. Uh, anyone? I'll, I'll talk about it when I um, see it. Please cause do. Because I had to miss that session. So we'll, we'll inevitably do another one of these like towards the end. You're booked in to see it on Sunday, aren't you? Um, I think so, yeah. yeah. I think it's this weekend in the Arvo. I can't remember. But yeah, mm. I am booked in to see it again. See it. So mm. uh, It's one, I think I described it to you as um, Ingmar Bergman meets Larry David. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. Where it, it's sort of like very artistically and interestingly like European shot film that is like ultimate cringe comedy. Yeah. 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 Well, I am looking forward to it because it's, yeah, it just looked interesting even though I don't know anything really about it. It just sounded interesting yeah. from the... Um, it's a three-act... description. <laughs> it's, it's a film in three parts. Um, Had you seen it before the... No, I'd purposely waited to okay. see it with a sold-out crowd because yeah. I'd been told... Uh, Seeing it with a massive audience is probably is the, the best, best way. Yeah, just yeah. because of some of the insanity that happens in the okay. film. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at that. Who, who's the director again? He did, Ruben um, Ostland. He did uh, The Square. Oh, and that's then, right. Yeah, it's that guy. And yeah. Force Majeure. Yeah. That, the amazing yeah, Force Majeure. Force Majeure is great. Yeah, the Will Ferrell one as well. Yeah. <laughs> Directed by the Dean from Community. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, obviously Triangle of Sadness, um, Palm Door winner this year. Um, I would highly recommend checking out. Uh, like I said, if you can see it with an audience... That's the best way to see it. Is it out anywhere in the world yet? or No. no. Okay. No, it's, it's only doing festivals. Uh, Neon has picked it up for the US, and they'll be releasing it in October. Yep. I think UK territory is November, and here in Australia, we're, uh, it's releasing in December. Of course it is. Yes. So kind of, yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see how Neon pushes it for award play, maybe. We'll wait and see. Yeah. Uh, next couple, uh, on the Saturday, I, I, I did a triptych. I saw three films in, in one day, all in the same th- cinema. I just sat there. Yeah. I sat at the Asta from 12.30 until like nine at night. I, so I don't know how you did it. Those seats are bloody terrible. Oh, I've thrown my back out already. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go to the physio tomorrow. Ugh. Um, but the first one I saw was actually, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, Trouble in Mind. The Asta's the new comedy theater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Breaking people's backs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was the new Ethan Cohen documentary. Yeah, see, I didn't even know that he had a documentary in this. I knew that he made a lot of documentaries. No, this is his first. Is it? <laughs> yeah. I thought the Cohens made heaps of them. No, no, no. They've never made like. What and this I is of? this is the first time uh, Ethan's made a film solo as well. Is it similar to that... like how Joel last year went off and made the tragedy oh, of Macbeth? I'm thinking of Joel then. Yeah. Okay. And so now Ethan's gone off and made this documentary. And seeing in the credits, it was super interesting. It was produced by. T-Bone Burnett, um, the amazing music producer. T-Bone. Who um, obviously pro- helped them produce all their music for Brother Where Art Thou and Inside Lewin Davis and all of that. Uh, Mick Jagger has also produced the film. Okay. And what was kind of cool about it, um, yeah, I was surprised. A24 is releasing it as well. Yep. Um, but it is a documentary that only uses existing footage. So there I is. there were people acting in it. No, there is no... So whenever there's like talking head interview stuff, it's archival footage. So, uh, so with interviews of with of with Jerry Lee Lewis and stuff, but so it's basically telling 
using old footage and old uh, interviews and old audio tapes to have Jerry himself essentially telling his story. Yeah, okay. So it was, it was fascinating. Um, See, I don't really care for Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, what, what, what is it? Uh, music, uh, the fact that he married his 13-year-old cousin, oh, um, look, know, <laughs> shot that, his bass player. All that, all that stuff is fine. I just <laughs> <laughs> That's the rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah. You know, you, mm. you grow up in that era, you've got to live that era. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I just never really found it. It's like that whole thing with like Marilyn Monroe. I never understood the whole appeal of So you, of that. you have no interest in Blonde? No. Oh, man. Blonde is like my number one most looking forward to film this year. Yeah, no, I couldn't care less. I have more <sighs> interest in the Barbie movie. Oh, don't get me Barbie movie's my most anticipated for next year. Yeah. I cannot fucking wait for that movie. <laughs> me too, actually. <laughs> it comes out the same day as Oppenheimer, the new Christopher Nolan movie. Oh, really? As I've seen all these memes where people are just like, Oppenheimer's for the boys, Barbie's for the men. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's true. I would, yeah. I would much rather see the new Barbie movie than <laughs> fucking Oath. Like, Nolan's new Written and directed it, it, by like, Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. What the fuck is this movie going to be? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you just know that you won't be able to hear anything in Nolan's movies. Yeah, it's literally about atomic bombs. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, after after Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, Trouble in Mind, I watched uh, Broker, which is the new Coriator yeah, film. Right. Uh, the wonderful dude who made Shoplifters a few years ago. See, I, I know that I saw Shoplifters at NIF, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um, I can't remember what it was about. It was about the... Obviously about shoplifters. But it was like the family... Found family family of shop of people. Yeah. And then they stumble across this uh, neglected young girl, little girl that they bring into the family. I've got like elements in it, but I keep getting it confused. So fucking lovely. Like there's scenes that I know are from that, but also... Are they from that or are they from Parasite? Because I guess it's kind of similar. Because it, sa- it was same year as yeah, well, I it's, think. It's kind of similar as in like, you know, it's a it's four people and it's like a shit family. <laughs> no, like. sorry, a year before because both Parasite and Shoplifter won the Palm Door. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's like very it's a similar kind of premise. Kind of, like, kind of. Or similar kind of setup, I guess. Like mm. Family dynamic where, I, and I just keep getting them confused because they're both Korean, aren't they? Uh, no, Shoplifter is Japanese, oh, I okay. believe. Yeah, all right. Uh, if I'm wrong, I apologize. Um, but yeah, this one, this is actually a Korean film, this one. Um, and it is basically a story about... It actually stars the father from Parasite. Okay. Uh, I like him. He's Ka- great. Uh, Kang Hong-so. He won the Best Actor Award at Cannes for this film, actually. And it's about uh, these guys who uh, steal babies from baby boxes that have been <laughs> abandoned. Right. And then, like, act as brokers to sell them to families, like, and then uh, they're in the process of doing this, and one of the mothers comes back to be like, no, I want my baby. And then they end up kind of, in very Coriator sense, form a found family, and they learn to love each other. It's, it's very similar notes to, uh, to, um, to Shoplifters. Okay, cool. Um, not quite as enjoyable. I didn't, I didn't love it as much as I love Shoplifters. Yep. But if you're in the mood for something of that kind of vein, it's, there are worse places you could go. <laughs> What was it called again? Yeah, it is called Broker. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I, I am actually intrigued by that because I liked yeah, Shoplifters and the other film that he did too. Mm. Um, but then after that, you came along and joined me. Yep, I did. And we watched George Miller's new film, 3,000 Years of Longing. Which is... It's a, it's a movie, that's for sure. It's a film, I should say. It's not a movie. I am so excited for this one to come out in wide release uh, and no just divide it. the fucking audience. Yeah, it's like, I, don't, I don't dislike it. I thought it was a uh, really well-made movie and shot 
really well. I maybe it's my like not love for George Miller. Like everyone seems to have a hard on for him. Yeah, like you. I recently found like so you were not a fan of you're in that re- uh, minority of not liking Fury Road. Yeah, Fury Road's a piece of shit. Um, found out on our most recent Patreon episode. Uh, when we were talking about Top Gun, Lee had never seen any of the Mad Max films yeah. and watched them all over the last few weeks. Also thinks Fury Road is a piece of shit. Mm. So I... See, look, I'm not alone. Yeah. We're, we're one of us. One of us. <laughs> so I kind of want to sit down with the two of you and just not necessarily try to... Con- I'm not going to convince you otherwise. I just want to hear your we, thoughts. We can do that. If if us three can also sit down and talk about Hook. Oh, 100%. Yes. <laughs> we sh- that's all we should do now. From now on, it's just going to be episodes where it's trying to, like, plead your case for why you don't like something. Yeah. And then after that, I get to do my I, my thesis on Forrest Gump. <laughs> no, but I kind of agree with you on Forrest Gump. But yeah. anyway, back to uh, back to this. Yeah. I'll- yeah. Uh, so you were okay. You thought the film was okay. Yeah, I didn't love it as much as you. Yeah, um, I gave it a four and a half stars on yeah, Letterboxd. Yeah, I wouldn't give it that. Like, I, I, it's, it's, it's one of my favourites of the year. I loved it. My, my advice is don't watch any trailer about yes. it. We didn't watch anything. We just saw a real quick snippet at the at the launch. Oh, I, I'd seen the trailer before. Oh, had you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I hadn't, so I didn't know anything about it. But from what I saw, the 10 seconds of footage, I'm like, huh, very Imaginarium of Dr. Panassus kind yeah. of feel. Um, it's not like that at all. No. Well, George Miller is just an insanely visual director. Yeah, oh, the visuals um, were fantastic, and it was shot really well. It was like you can't fault any of the production, and I'm not faulting anything with the movie. Mm. Like, uh, but, it's I, a, it, but it's one of those ones where you're either on its wavelength or you're not. And, and I know I was, but I just didn't love it as much as you. Did. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's there's nothing wrong with the movie. It's a great movie. I'd recommend it to people. Yeah. But it's a lot of people, specifically, people who aren't who's really into films or, yeah. or get yeah. movies will be think it's boring and just, oh, is Especially that all? Especially the way that it's been marketed. It's yeah, like that's, that's, that's hyper Mad Maxi, like from the genius mastermind yeah. of Mad Max. Like it's, it's really it's slow. It's not that. It's really slow and self-contained. It mostly takes place like, with two people talking yeah. in a hotel room. The cast is pretty small. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it just, um, Tilda... Just keeps you there, though. That's the thing. Tilda and I- Idris are so captivating in yeah. their performances, and combine that with it's such a unique tale that I I'm trying to be very vague. With yeah, me too. I'm that, try, um, like, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, that I just couldn't help but just fall in love with it. Um, I mean, I I threw out like I per- I was going in personally being like I kind of don't want this to be Mad Maxi. I yeah. don't want this to be like a Fury Road style visuals. I kind of want him to go back to doing like a Lorenzo's Oil or a Witches of Eastwick, where yeah, it's like it's hyper visual, but it's him doing something uniquely different. Yeah, like, and it was different. Like it yeah. was a completely different. I mean, that story is an old story, but yeah. it's like a different spin on it, and it's 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 good. Like it is good. I I like the ending of it. It was yeah. like one of those few ones where yeah, okay, you kind of stuck the landing. Like, yeah, really. It was yeah, pretty decent. Mm, I'm really looking forward to seeing it again. Like that's how much I'm, Yeah, I, I, look, I would definitely I'd definitely see it again. I feel this it's got it's going to have a really solid place as a great hangover movie for me. <laughs> yeah. Where it's just like just tell yeah, me a story, you, Genie. You watch, <laughs> you, you, watch Schindler, you watch Schindler's List. No, I watch like, Lincoln as a hangover <laughs> movie. <laughs> Everything's grey and bleak, like how I feel. <laughs> um, but yeah, three. Like obviously, I fucking loved Three Thousand Years of Longing. Yeah. Um, I, 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 right up there as one of my tops of the year so far. 
Um, yeah, cannot cannot wait to see it again. What was so? What's the next one you went and saw? Uh, well, I'm going to kind of just breeze through some of these yeah, now, okay, um, cool. just to kind of in the sense of keeping this kind of brief. And we do have to go to a movie this. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> this evening. Uh, we are on a time constraints here, but my next one is also one that has shot up right to the top of my favorites of the year. It's a film called The Quiet Girl. All right. Um, this is an Irish film that uh, Ireland has actually put up as their submission for Best International Film. All right. uh, it's It's spoken almost entirely in Gaelic. Okay, so uh, it's all subtitled. Yep, and it is about... Uh, I, there's no time stamp, but it's sort of late 70s, early 80s, I think. Yep. And it's this lower class family uh living out in like you know this property out in the sticks and things and you know alcoholic father they've got like 18 kids um <laughs> I'm, I'm exaggerating but well, they're catholic so yeah and there's the mother is pregnant with a, a new kid coming on the way and one of the daughters is um just the the odd one out she's really She's the quiet girl. Yeah. Like, she daydreams and she runs away from school and she just... She's not confident. And it's based, obviously based on her environment, being around all these loud personalities and things. And the family, the parents just don't know what to do with her. So they send her away for the summer to live with her mother's cousin. Yeah. And it is just fucking beautiful. It is just this story of... And, and it's... The way they've shot the film and presenting it, it's really from the young girl's perspective. Okay. And it's this one, this person finally being kind of accepted and seen, and you're watching this young girl slowly become confident and become oh, yeah. a... Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a coming of age story, It's so it? beautiful. It's so fucking good. I, I cannot recommend this one enough. Um, absolutely. It's... I think my letterbox review, I said, it is equal parts heartwarming and heartbreaking. Um, it was one of those experiences, uh, the, why I love Myth, where it, there's a certain point in the film where you all of a sudden hear everyone in the audience rummaging for tissues. <laughs> like It's like hearing like a couple hundred people all start crying at once. <laughs> um, I, I fucking loved this movie. It's, it's so beautiful. Uh, well, I will keep an eye out for it. Yeah, I know it's coming out here in Australia next month in September. Um, yeah, just a lovely, lovely film, and I would not be surprised if we you start hearing a lot more about it come award season. Um, you said you said it was. I think you told me we reminded you of another movie that I can't remember. Like, um, uh Look, that, that train of thought is just uh, pointless, so let's just <laughs> skip ahead. No worries. Uh, well, then I saw Mia Hansen-Love's new film, uh, One Fine Morning, with Leah Seydoux. It's fine. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> no, no, it's very good, but it, it just... Um, it's A large section of that film has to do with um, putting a parent or a grandparent in a nursing home. Okay. And so it hit very close to home for me. I thought you just said pudding, but yes. No, but yeah, well, there is some pudding involved. Oh, obviously, yeah. they're in a nursing it, home. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so it hit a bit close to home for me, but, I, I, like, I was able to... It took a while for me to get into the, the kind of groove of the film, and yeah. then once I did, it's like, oh, this is really solid. Yeah, okay. And Leah Seydoux, I mean... What's that? What have they done again? Um, something... She got... One of her first big roles is in Inglorious Bastards at the beginning. Oh, she's one she's, of the... yeah. She's not Shoshana. She's one of the other daughters. Yeah. Uh, then she's in Mission Impossible uh, Ghost Protocol. Yep. And then more recently, she has been James Bond's 
Yeah, the love interest. Yes. That's right. Uh, and then uh, also famously, Blue is the Warmest Colour, um, the amazing French film. Oh, that's um, a lesbian one, yeah? Yes, where they, uh, the film, they acted, the two actors were awarded a palm door as well because they were so fucking good in the film. Yeah. Yeah. The palm door was given to the director and the two actresses. Oh, wow. Mm. But yeah, it, it's solid enough. Mia Hansen loves a very talented filmmaker. But yeah. yeah. Uh, but then I got to see, speaking of very talented directors, uh, Park Chan-wook's new film, Decision to Leave. And I missed this one. You missed this one. You fucked up. I know. <laughs> but at least that one will come out. Yes. I, so it's not all lost. This movie ruled... Was it better than um, Handmaiden? No. Okay. But I love Handmaiden. Yeah, Handmaiden's fucking epic. I think Handmaiden was my favourite film of that year. I think it was pretty close for me as well. Yeah. Uh, it's not as good as Old Boy. <laughs> it's, fun- it's funny that, like... Um, so Handmaiden, we saw it in a comedy theatre with the worst seats. Yes. And then the Astor. Yeah, I see. Decision. One. Yeah, yeah. Um, this... It, it, it's the simple reminder of... How like this crop of Korean directors are just absolute fucking masters of blending genre and tone. Yeah. Um, like goes from being like an insanely tense scene to hysterically fucking funny. Yeah, oh, that's just that's a trait of just Korean filmmaking. It it's uh, but Ch- Park Chan Wook is a fucking master at it, yeah. and it it's almost like I had the thought in my head of like, you know, obviously he's very good friends with Bong Joon Ho and. Bong had a wonderful couple of years with Parasite, yeah. winning like the Palm Door and three Academy Awards. Um, it feels like Park Chan Wook was like, "All right, hold my beer," <laughs> and just the way he because it starts off. I think I texted you saying it's like him riffing off of like Hitchcock meets yeah, like yeah, Basic Instinct yeah, yeah. to some degree because it is like a detective story of like this detective investigating what could be a suicide but could also be a homicide and suspecting okay. the wife. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's... He has shot the shit out of it. All right. Like, just a simple example. Like, there is a shot POV from the eyeball of a dead man as an ant walks across the eyeball. Like, shit like that. Yeah, okay. And it's a lot of, like, someone putting their hands over their face and then yeah, the, pulling the hands away and it's and completely ch- different. Different scene. Interesting transitions and yeah, stuff. Cool. And... A lot of really cool, like, you know, Texas switches where it's just like you think the actor is in that one part of the scene, but then they come in from somewhere. Like, you know, using doubles and photography. I didn't know that was, like, called that. That's like the old, (laughs) old time he's saying for it. Texas switch, Yeah. But it is just insanely funny, uh, engaging, well-written, well-insanely directed. Does he write them as well? Yeah. Okay. Um, It's... So fucking good. I, I cannot recommend this one highly enough. Um, it is very similar to most of his other films in that it has... Well, it goes a, for two and a half hours. It goes for two and a half hours, and it has that seemingly, oh, everything's kind of wrapped up now, Yeah, and then but there's 20, four, yeah, 20 minutes left. Act, yeah. And then the fourth act, he just goes kind of weird with it. Okay. And to the point of the people... Uh, I was sitting next to really annoying people who... Anytime something happened, go, oh, oh, 
Oh, and they were talking constantly. It was oh, fucking yeah. annoying. You, you hate that. I fucking hate. It. <laughs> I mean, I hate it too. But mm. like, but then the, gra- like, the greasing eyes that you like. Oh, I, I have no, I have no compulsion if people are just like, flat dr- out chatting, yeah. especially if it's like if it's at a fucking film festival. Come yeah. on, I, like especially at like three thousand years of. Oh, like, I was greasing those people. Oh off. my god! I mean, they wouldn't shut up, and I was about to turn around and go, "Shut the fuck up!" Because they were please. talking at like living room I volume. Know. It's yeah. like, come on, have some respect for the people around yeah. you. Yeah, and when it's at a sold-out session, like yeah, and every time those bloody MIF employees or volunteers walked past, I'm like, are you gonna say anything to them? You can probably hear them from where you are. You yeah, fucking idiots. Um, but I will say, like, as annoying as those people were, they won me over when the bizarre, like, the weirdness kicked in in the fourth act. Um, yeah. and again, I say I'm just using weirdness yeah, as a deviating of the story. Yeah. Um. Well, one of them leaned over to the other and just said, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and that just made me smile so much because I'm like, it's pretty clear what's going on. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. I, I thought the film was spectacular. Um, well, yeah, like I, I, cause I don't, I think it's sold out for every other session. Yeah. It was like, one of the, it was one of the big items. So. Cause um, Park Chan-wook won the best director award finally at Cannes for oh, it. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. So, um, it's a hot it, ticket item. But is it better than Parasite? No. Yeah. Very few things are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's getting a... It'll get, it Again, it will be a huge contender come award season and we'll be getting a bit of a wide release, yeah, I'm, I'm imagining. Be, I, like, I'm pretty sure Handmaiden was a wide release. Yeah, I think more or less. Or like, like Nova yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so after that I saw Funny Pages which is a new A24 film written and directed by Owen Klein, who is the son of Phoebe Cates and Kevin Klein. Mm, okay. And it is... I think I texted you saying it is the kind of bastard love child of Terry Zweigoff, who did, like, Ghost World and Crumb, yeah. and, and the Safdie brothers. Yeah. Uh, but the Safdie brothers actually produced this film as well. Okay, interesting. Well, um, probably why it reminds you of the Safdies, though. Yeah, it's a, it is really funny really odd and really kind of fucked up. Like, and in the sense of like, it's shot on 16 millimeter, you can see the grain and it's just a kind of real uncomfortable movie. No, I in no the sense of like a, a Safety Brothers style where you're just like watching someone just kind of implode yeah, okay. for like 80 minutes and make really horrible choices. Uncut gem style. Yeah, or even like good time style, like, like all of oh, their yeah, stuff. Good time's but, great. But kind of with a more comedic slant and kind of focusing in like the world of like comic books, I yeah. guess. Um, yeah, worth a look, but... Did you know about that before? Yes, I did. Well, I, when it came out, at, like when it was announced for Myth, I looked into it and was like, oh, this oh, looks okay. cool. All right, yeah. And like a week or so ago, the trailer dropped. So, yep. yeah. Um, but the last one we're going to talk about is uh, the one I saw last night, Lynch Oz. Oh, that's right. Which is a documentary about uh, the um, inspiration that David Lynch has taken in his work from The Wizard of Oz. But what was kind of interesting about it is it's set up in six chapters and it is six different people telling... Th- what their perception of Lynch... Yes. Okay. The first one was Amy Nicholson, uh, the great film critic and who hosts yeah. Unspooled with Paul Shear. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, um, the second one I didn't really dig all that much. It's the guy who made the uh, Room 237 documentary. Is that Shining? That yeah. One? Didn't vibe on his section too much. 
But then it moved into Karen Kusama, the director of uh, Destroyer, and which was fantastic. Um, Benson know. and Moorhead, who I no Destroyer, but yeah, go that's on. the Nicole Kidman cop one. For a couple nah, years ago. I don't know. Um, then Benson and Moorhead, who we're going to go and see, you're going to get to see your first Benson and Moorhead movie at MIF coming up. What's that? They did uh, some, something in the dirt. Oh, did I get a ticket for that? I believe so. But um, I know your schedule better yeah, than Chris me. knows what I'm um, saying more than I But yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Benson and Moorhead, so their section was great. But then, like, the real MVP for me was it ended, the final section was done by David. And these people are actually, they've kind of written it themselves and are narrating it. Yeah. And the last one was David Lowry, who did oh, Green Knight yeah. and Ghost Story yeah. and... Did he do Ghost Story? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, sorry, I was thinking of Ghost World. No, no, that yeah, but that that just brought it all home for me, and I'm like, this this rules. And so is this one you didn't think I'd like? Uh, I don't know if you'd like it. It really feels structurally like it, it. It kind of ties together, obviously, with the thematic thing of it's always talking about David Lynch and the Wizard of Oz, but it really does feel like six. 12, like, you know, vinegar, 15 minute um, vinaigrettes, um, like little YouTube video essays. Yeah, well, like, Very well constructed ones. Why wouldn't I like that? No, I, d- I didn't think you wouldn't, but. You just said I don't think you'd like that. You're putting words in my mouth. <laughs> well, you didn't like his last movie, so. Well, this is true. Yeah. But, uh, you know. So, like, with that, with that one then, is it like. Talking heads and then no, like, it's only it's that's what I mean like YouTube essay style. So it's, it's just like footage, shots, footage, footage, footage. Like okay, and so that's why I stuck around for the Q and A afterwards because the first question obviously um, was all about fucking lawyers. Like how do you do this? And he said he he has very good free use lawyers, where it's basically the how much footage you're able to use yeah. and you know the idea of you know yeah. Super fascinating, and the way he constructed it apparently was he reached out to these people and the ones that agreed to. Be in the documentary. Um, he sat down and did phone interviews with them. Yep. And recorded them. He said the shortest one was about 90 minutes and the longest was about three and a half hours. And then he would transcribe those phone conversations and then write up the script based on what those people had said and what their stuff was. It was super interesting. Did he, um, was Lynch in it at all? No. Lynch never discusses his work. No, because he's a smart man. Yes, and he's, you know, loves the mystery of art. And it's like, it is what you want it to be. Yeah. Like, what's, what's, what's fun about, like, fig- yeah. saying this is definitively what this is? Yeah, I know. Like, this, that's not fun. Especially when your work is so interesting and abstract as his. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, obviously, if you're a fan of David Lynch, uh, that is a must-see. <laughs> Yeah, look, if I didn't realise it was directed by the same guy who did the Alien doco, and like that's he also did um, uh, the one about the psycho shower scene, um, Doc of the Dead about the Romero. So he's zombie. a glorified YouTuber, because like, <laughs> like, the Alien doco is really. It, I haven't seen the other one. Like I've only seen the Alien one, and it's really subpar. Like it's just, it's not great. And if I knew, if I knew that, I wouldn't. I don't think I would have got a ticket for for it. Like, no, no, like, I mean, yeah, I guess hate on the guy because, like, <laughs> I really didn't like the alien one. Like, mm. he just wasn't, it, it wasn't good. And this is all I'm comparing it to, but it's like, there are better docos on YouTube or mm. better video essays on YouTube yeah. about the same subject matter. You're doing the sa- exact same thing. Mm. You're not, you're not breaking any boundaries. You're not getting, like shit that I haven't seen or heard before. I don't know. I'm hating See, on him for, like... For a movie you saw four or five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I think why I really liked this one is because, and I think also having him there as well to discuss the film and stuff, it's ba- and how, how this one was presented. So how much is he paying you? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we'll talk about that off mic. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the way, like you said, this it, it is very much like watching YouTube essays. Yeah. But by what the people are discussing and... There's no Tony Zhao. <laughs> um, but then sitting in the cinema and watching it, it, it feels like you're in, he's creating a dialogue that you're engaging with. Yeah, okay. Uh, this one, like, I'm not necessarily saying that was the case with the memory, the story Origin of Alien, yeah. but this one in particular felt like it was a discourse for you to engage with. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, it's an interesting premise, mm. like, compared to the other ones, which were which were just straight docos. Like, yeah. They're not, they're not trying to break the, like, you know, break the wheel or whatever the fuck that saying is, like... They're not, they're reinvent just, the yeah, wheel. Reinvent the wheel. Um, they're just say like you know it, it is what it is. This actually seemed like an interesting premise. Yeah, and like I said, by having six different people telling their own perspective and their own take on yeah. these, like you know, obviously the thing of David Lynch, Wizard of Oz. What do you think? Yeah, uh, made it really engaging and really interesting. But that's all we're going to talk about for this week's little Myth Mini episode, uh, because we have to get ready, uh, because we're not going to a Myth movie, we're going to go and see Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, going to a preview of Nope, but yes, looking forward to that very much. Yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah, Stephen Ewan's in it, I'm just... Is he? Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I knew, oh, I shouldn't have told you, just so when he shows up wearing a cowboy hat, it's, you'd be like... It's the guy! It's Stevie! <laughs> Steve's is here. Uh, but again, thank you all for listening. Um, I'll be back again next week with another little mini episode wrapping up uh, week two, and week hope- one and a half of Myth. Yeah, and hopefully I've seen some more movies by then, but if not, then I'll just be talking about 3,000 Years of Longing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, for this week's little mini Myth, ep- myth episode, I'm Chris... I'm Toby, just finishing off a beer. <laughs> we'll uh, see you next time. Bye. Saturday night at the movies. Who cares what picture you see?